0: Welcome to Pomcast. This is the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly Magazine. This episode is sponsored by Unravel. Join us over the three days and return home inspired by the diverse programme of creative workshops, talks, demonstrations, and exhibitions led by UK and international experts. Browse and buy bespoke yarns and accessories for your projects from a marketplace of quality exhibitors offering expert advice. Get together with familiar faces and make new friends at this much-loved knitting meet for all ages and abilities. And of course, Pom Pom magazine will be there and will be involved in some special Pomcast events too. For tickets and info, visit craft.farnhammaltings.com and keep up to date with news via the new Instagram account at Unravel Festival and on Twitter at Maltingscraft.
1: Twas the night before knitmas when all through the world. All the gifts had been finished. Some were knit, some were purled. The knitted stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that a skein or two would soon be there. The knitters were nestled or snug in their beds, while visions
0: of pom-poms danced in their heads. It was time to think about the year that had passed, and now settle down for the Christmas pom Welcome to this festive edition of the POMCAST. Hello, welcome. We hope you are happy and well on this Christmas Eve. Yes, it is Christmas Eve. Legitimately Christmas Eve when we were recording this. It is the 24th of December. <laughs> <laughs> yes, disclaimer, not actually Christmas Eve. But we're feeling festive. We're feeling very festive. Well, we have uh, the uh, pom-pom party. Well, in, in the real world, pom-pom party has been and gone. And boy, was it great. Yeah, it was. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. Do you remember the the parade? <laughs> Do you remember all the delightful knit related items? Oh I do. Do you remember and craft related? Craft. Do you remember the uh festive things? <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, we'll talk more about this in January and we'll tell you what happened, but uh yeah, it's that fun thing where they obviously record T V programs before Christmas. <laughs> and we are also doing that because we're super swish (laughs) (laughs) yeah because we're fancy too we're just like the bbc we have to record our programming in advance indeed for those of you who are not familiar with the bbc it's the big british castle yes (laughs) (laughs) um but we know that not all of you celebrate christmas but we imagine that many of you celebrate knitmas which is a non-denominational knitting based festival yes and uh welcome back by the way thank you yeah because of this is Lydia, by the way. This is Lydia. And I'm Sophie. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't do that. Before. Welcome. Well <laughs> no. you guys should know by now. And if not, you're new, then welcome. This is Welcome. The, we, I'm Lydia, that's Sophie. We talk about knitting we and do. uh this is Pomcast, which is brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly Magazine. Indeedy. Indeedy. A knitting Indeedy. magazine. If you didn't know already. Yeah. Um we also had Eli at the beginning. We did who is i mean that man should be a voiceover artist well we're working on it Hmm. we're getting a lot of work at the moment yeah i mean he's trying to push us out of our own podcast i think it's glad we got him back on i'm glad i could spend uh, a quarter of my day rewriting a poem for knitting (laughs) i feel it just allows me to bring like all my skills i'm like i need to use my ability to pun and make rhymes and knitting things finally i've Capsulated well, them you. into a poem. I mean, I've got to say, I think one of uh, your greatest moments was have yourself a merry little nitmus. Thank May you. May your gauge be right. Which has now been immortalized in a Christmas card. And in case you guys... It's probably a bit late for this by the time you... hey, But why not buy your Christmas cards for next there year? There we go. You're so organized. So organized. Um, but uh, I designed some uh, Christmas cards for pom-pom people. Yep. I guess they're on our website along with all the other things that we make and sell. You may know. I guess it's about as simple as that. But, goods, um, uh, goods and services. You exchange for <laughs> yeah. money. Ah, oh, modern society. Anyway, um, how are you, Sophie? I'm great. Yeah. Um, I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, in the future, I will be at my parents' house, mm-hmm. hanging out with my dog. So um, you like dogs. I like dogs. That's uh, <laughs> standard. And I'm already like... So in the future, I'm planning like how many projects to take home to knit tell me about it i'm already thinking about again like lost in the time continuum of the present tense and when the people past. are listening to this you're already at right. home knitting these things yeah so mm. i'm thinking like get home a couple of days before christmas can i actually knit the christmas projects in that sandwich of time before the christmas day i'm gonna go for it yeah so what happens in this episode i hear you cry <laughs> like no wait i need to plan my listening <laughs> we totally understand uh, we're gonna do some news and reviews for you then we're gonna tell and tell when we uh, tell each other and you guys what we're making you know the highs and lows the ins and outs so to speak um, the and the pearls. <laughs> the nits and the pearls um and as this is a december edition in the grand tradition of extra stuff around this time of year we have an extra long bumper episode for you it's a christmas cracker you've pulled open that cracker what's inside not only a paper hat there's two interviews <laughs> There's two bad jokes for you to listen to. <laughs> and there's two hats because somebody wore that cracker when it was going through the cracker factory accidentally got double the contents yeah. and you feel special. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, so we
0: have two two uh, interviews for you. We have uh, one with Helga Isiger, whose name you may recognise from the yarn company that bears the same name. So we've been, um, for many years, I've been pronouncing it with the ga, but the, uh, it's a ya. Of so you is. can hear me do about three different versions of that name in the interview. <laughs> later. So it's Isiga. Yeah, Issa Ya. Yeah. Okay. Like, again, we'll listen to her say it. Yeah. Amazing lady to talk to. Very interesting. Her ideas of colour and like using yarns in such an interesting way. Because, I mean, more on that later. Yeah. But the Yisiga, that yarns, the uh, quite thin, mm-hmm. it's the idea of like using them together to make different fabrics. But yes. oh, oh, wait till you hear about Beautiful. that. Beautiful. And then after that, we have What Would Juju Do? Uh, where we take your craft queries to our craft guru, Juju Vale. Who is long-time pom-pom pal and all-round wonderful person? You might have seen see her person. at the Christmas party taking photos. You may well. Do you, have. you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe there'll even be a photo of us at the Christmas. Oh, in fact, there definitely is a photo, isn't there? Yes, I remember. It's wonderful. It's... Um, you're next to me, Oh no? Am I next to you? Is that what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm in the left seat, and you're in the right seat. <laughs> hey. um, So interview number two is with the wonderful Julia Farwell-Clay. So it's worked out quite well because you interviewed Helga. Mm -hmm. I interviewed Julia in uh, Rhinebeck. And of course, Julia's design palindrome was on the cover of our most recent issue. Um, And Julia is, again, a wonderful designer, all round excellent person. We're a big fan of hers. And we're always so excited when she uh, has a design in the magazine. So you've got that to look forward to. And then we're going to round it all off with our favourite part of the podcast, (laughs) the top three. where we list things for fun? Well, I don't like to say, because it's the end of the year, right? Mm -hmm. We've been doing this, what, like, two and a bit years now? More than that. This is our third Christmas episode, isn't it? Yeah, so, I don't know, I think it's really cool that we, you know, not only do we have bonus episodes now, we get to have, like, two interviews. I just want to say thanks, everyone, to listening, and, you know, and... It's really cool that we can do this. We have a lot of fun. We do. Yeah. So thanks everyone and, and it's always so lovely when you send us feedback and ideas and stories. Um we always love hearing from you guys and hearing what you're enjoying. Um and obviously when we get to meet you it's very exciting and anybody who's met us recently will have received a pomcat badge. Yep. <laughs> um okay. So <laughs> okay, that was the sentiment. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't want to get too emotional <laughs> but yeah thanks for listening we sang that at the beginning even before we landed but uh yeah <laughs> thanks again okay so news um i just got back from austin yes you did how are you feeling i feel okay a little spacey yeah. um but i did watch lots of fun films on the plane Ooh. well my plane journey there involved fun films but on the way back i won't go into it but i did not enjoy the films i watched <laughs> wait i need to make sure it's not a big stinky that i don't go see then what is it uh a film called morgan Okay, I didn't like it and I tend to like sci-fi related things and it was sci- sci-fi related not like alien sci-fi but like does topic, future um genetically oh, everything's modified dystopic. humans I don't need to watch a film to see that <laughs> I don't know the thing is is like I've watched some really brilliant films on planes that I wouldn't necessarily have gone to see in the cinema because mm. you've got like 10 hours where you're basically prisoner on a little flying box and people like bring you stuff in your chair which is still weird to me. I think I've seen that film, Prisoner on a Fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like Snakes on a Planet. <laughs> it has got Samuel L. Jackson in it. <laughs> um, and, you know, you get to sit there and knit, which is delightful. But yeah, don't... I, I don't know. This is probably the first time I've ever exp- expressed a really negative opinion on the podcast. We don't tend to go down that road, to be. Anyway, Austin itself was delightful. I got to hang out with Megan and her wonderful family, including cute little baby Sabine, um, who is wonderful. And it was great to see... Uh, Megan because you know she's busy with the baby at the moment so there's a little less contact with her and we miss her terribly um so it was lovely to be able to be there with her and we also got to shoot the spring issue hey hey don't feel too chilly yet guys because spring is on its way we're already thinking about spring and summer so uh, that's how we keep ourselves warm through nitmus (laughs) um yeah, and it was shot, yeah, in Austin, in a really beautiful, unusual location. Ooh, Ooh. exciting. I was going to say, what's the location? Is it's still top secret? It's actually called the Secret Theatre. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> Which what? maybe I shouldn't reveal. I don't know. We can decide whether or not to reveal that. <laughs> the first uh, thing about secret theatres. The first rule about secret theatre. You keep it a secret. <laughs> Second rule, no smoking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what other news? Other news. Well... Speaking of spring, which obviously coming in 2017. Yes, very soon. Stuff for 2017 you can expect. More books Mm -hmm. from Pom Pom. Mm -hmm. We'll have more Pom Pom Press. Yeah, Pom Pom Press has uh, some things in the works which will be revealed in In due course. (laughs) Coming soon. Also, if you do your maths and you're keeping track of how many Pom Pom magazines there's been, you may be aware that uh, next year will be the fifth year of Pom Pom indeed so next summer will be our 21st issue which will be our fifth anniversary uh our first issue came out in the summer of 2012 mm-hmm. heavy and, days yeah and quite honestly i don't think we thought we'd be doing it this long so then another thanks but i'll save all the weepy thank yous for next summer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really build them up so yeah it's really emotional <laughs> oh, i'll just keep the, i'll be very british about it stiff upper lip until next summer um uh, yeah, so we've got some special plans for that, so you can keep an eye out plans. and an ear, right? Yeah, we're going to be things. Yeah, we'll be telling you more, um, probably in 2017. Ooh, I feel good about 2017. How do you feel about it? Yeah, well, anything can be better than this year. Hey, everyone's hey, making that joke. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's been some ups and downs, uh, but I think it's exciting to know that soon we will be turning over new leaves. Indeed, the leaves of the pages in the pattern exactly. of the book <laughs> of life. Well, we've also got news that we can definitely tell you about, which is that we'll be at various festivals. Which ones? <laughs> uh, yes. Festivals. We hope you've got these in your diary already, because uh, there'll be uh, Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Mm-hmm. We were there last year. Wasn't that a hoot? Certainly was. Um, yeah. So that's in March. That's and in March. Sophie and I will be there, along with Amy, of course. Um, we will have a stand and we will also, I'm sure, be doing some podcast related uh, fun stuff. Having a sit. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I'm glad like, I can still make you chuckle after all these years. And also, oh, yeah, an Edinburgh Yarn Fa- Festival. Oh, and also at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, there's a podcast lounge, which is mm-hmm. cool. Cool and groovy types of the podcast style will uh-huh. be there. yeah. So we'll be involved with stuff. Yep, that one's sponsored by Blacker, who, of course, um, They're great we love. Yeah. We love those guys. And we'll also be at Unravel, which is in February. Uh, so before Rotterbury Yarn Festival. Oh, yeah, we didn't do that in uh in order. logical That's order. okay. We're just doing it, you know, just free flowing. Mm-hmm. It's all happening. Um, and we will definitely be doing podcast related things there as well. So all you POMCATs who are going to be around, uh, keep an eye out for all the activities. And for those of you who can't make it, I'm sure a little bit of the fun stuff that happens at both those festivals will make it onto this very podcast. Indeed. Little for everyone. <laughs> you can pretend you're in the UK. So after news, we have reviews because Ray. they rhyme. <laughs> and that's the logic there. So for this review, we have a copy of Room 606, uh, which is by Helga Isiger. Again, <gasps> we'll pronounce it like that. Yeah. <laughs> that lady who you spoke to. <laughs> the cool knitting Indeed. lady. Um, so Room 606 is a collection of knitwear designs by Helga under her uh, designer name, her collective name, mm-hmm. which is uh, Amimono, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, whoa. I'm going to let, not tell you what it stands for and let you hear in the interview <gasps> Ooh, what that word means. Ooh, the suspense. Um, yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about this, Sophie. So uh, it was inspired by 1960s graphics. So uh-huh. uh, you have the rich colors of the Isiga yarn, because of course, what else would Helga Issa design with? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's very simple silhouettes. You know, you think of a shift dress in the 60s, yeah. like very classic looks. Um, and the cool thing, as the name would suggest, Room 606. It was shot in a hotel room, uh, which is a special uh, special place because it's one of the few places in Denmark that still has a, a 60s style right. suite. Right, okay. Which was designed by uh, Arne Jacobson. Yeah. You know him. He designed the egg chair. Ah, the chair that is like an egg. Yes. <laughs> the egg chair. You know what I mean, like very 60s yes. classic curvy design. Indeed. So not only is sort of the, the cool kind of architecture influencing like the style of the shoot but you sort of have her her style of the knits kind of mm-hmm. fitting in with the the colors and the shapes there yeah it's very it's a very stylish book i mean even if you're not a knitter you could look at it and be like "Ooh, ooh look at the thing it's true um helga's work is quite recognizable isn't it because mm. it was or just issiger in general have a very definite aesthetic which i suppose seems like an unnecessary thing to say but it's Worth emphasising how kind of Danish it feels in lots of ways. Like it's very, it's kind of minimalistic. Um, yeah, very kind of simple shapes, but very like not intricate patterns because it's not a lot of lacework necessarily. There's attention but, to detail in yes. her work that really comes through, and I think especially it's not fussy the stitch no. patterns that she uses. So she, I think there's a there's like a timelessness to the the designs within this, and mm. within it being like a 60s design, you think that could date it. But um yeah it's very stylish. Very and you know there's a lot of rib and garter stitch. Uh yeah so quite simple stitch patterns often but uh used really cleverly and there's a lot of interesting construction I think. But anyway, let's specifically talk about this book which I'm going to open. Okay, I can hear nice. that. Nice. <laughs> um so yeah and I love the color palette. It's very uh like lots of kind of lovely blues. And it's quite rich. I mean, it's yeah. quite the, the colours in this cigar, think, quite earthy naturally, but mm. the, um, yeah, there's kind of a, a bluey warmth to it.
1: Um,
0: okay. So, do you have any favourites you want to tell me I about? I do. I like the VV jumper, mm-hmm. which are you going to find the page now? I I'm am. Yes, I'm going to. You can hear. No, it's not that one. Damp. <laughs> it's that one. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Lydia's looking at it now. I am. We'll okay. put these. Oh, yeah. As you guys know, we have uh, a website the magazine also there's a podcast section there I want to do a lot of flicking lady sorry i'm just finding it here it is <laughs> oh there it is um i want to tell people the link <laughs> come on then i'm not stopping you www.pompommag.com forward slash podcast you can find pictures and fun things and links
1: uh, the
0: yeah. end okay so, so VB. this jumper vb um classic kind of neck. is that crew neck? would you say that what crewneck? I actually don't know what crew neck means. I think it's a crew neck. Okay. Uh, and it has this uh, gorgeous honeycomb pattern, mm. so it looks like polka dots, but you know, mm-hmm. very like reg- regimented yeah. uh, horizontal polka dots. And the actually the cool thing with this is it's the wrong side, or what you, you know, technically, yeah. traditionally you think was the wrong side of the work. So mm-hmm. it gives an amazing two-tone texture. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of striped. There's stripes and. The stitch pattern is kind of polka dotty. Yeah, yeah. I think honeycomb is the best yes, way to yeah, describe yeah. it. And I love that. I love the the detail that's made with that stitch pattern. Yes. And she sort of used a, a cream and like a as like a soft chartreusey green. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, we this. all know that chartreuse is definitely my favourite colour. This this year has been chartreuse uh every year, chartreuse. <laughs> well, I I took me a long time to learn I to love. You down. No, you and Megan, yeah. <laughs> I finally, you know. What's the Sophie's on board. How I Learn to love the bomb. What's that? <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. How I learned to... <laughs> to love, sh- to stop hating. Yeah. There's a joke <laughs> in there somewhere. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll tell you next time. Uh, yes. Well, this is Excellent Jumper. I like it also. Do oh, you good. have any other faves? I do. I like uh, Helly. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to... You're going to have a flexor. I'm going to flick. It's sort of unnecessary, but it's such a pretty book. Um... So why not flick through it whilst we're talking? I oh, think we get this one. Oh yeah, uh huh. So it's similar. I'm I'm loving the polka dot esque textures, but this is more like a little like a foxglove glove detail. I'd yeah. say. You know, you get like a raised uh, stitch. Are um, they like little um, bobbles or knots or? let that look. They look like little bobbles. Mm. So it's like, maybe more like knots actually. Anyway. I think the the style that I've been trying to cultivate this year mm-hmm. uh, is edgy librarian. So I feel this fits into my newest. <laughs> it's edgy. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. when I wear it's it, groovy. it's edgy. So it's like yeah. a classic kind of grandpa cardi. Yes. Um, Actually, it's got the same detail on the shoulder as the jumper you chose. It's well, there we the go. That's, rib, that's my vibe. It's really lovely. Um, so yeah, a really classic cardi, but the, again, the texture. I think mm. that's the thing. You've got the shapes that you need, yeah. an essential kind yeah. of classic shape. It's beautiful. And again, the cool, the use of two different colors. Oh, they're sort of two different shades of blue, although possibly... It's just held double over the texture part and not over the other part. There you go. That's the magic. Of that's it. That's the Issa Okay. I'm intrigued to know what you like. Wow. So I really love the Ingrid sweater. Ooh, good choice. Yes, which involves my favourite colours. <laughs> <laughs> um, So again, there's lots of different yarns held variously double or Jubilee. different colours. Yeah, basically the different kind of texture and colour effects are created by... Um, yeah just different combinations of thinner yarns it's brioche isn't it or is it fisherman's rib if I could read Danish I'd be able to tell you (laughs) it's pretty bad that I didn't check that but at first glance this was my favorite one Um, I like the brioche-esque look even if it's not brioche Mm -hmm. Um, and the colors but of course I could make it in any color I want because that is the joy of knitting but it just looks like a really kind of cozy but stylish jumper maybe it's because it's a little colder right now Mm -hmm. i'm just like gravitating towards the snuggly things um and the other one i liked was the hat which is really cute and it's called i'm guessing that you say this malena but um my english brain would say malane but i'm pretty sure it's malena um (laughs) how are you feeling today i don't know i'm feeling a bit malane (laughs) um and i like the picture because it looks like a little jellyfish yeah I think um it's the thing is with hats is they always look weird when they're not on heads, basically. Yeah. Um and this one, yeah, it does. It actually, as hats go, looks surprisingly good when it's not on a head, but looks even better on a head. And especially on this model's head, because she is very beautiful. Um but yeah, again, I, I guess I'm going for the kind of brioche look, because again, it's like really um sort of graphic rib, uh, with kind of clever decreases so that it creates like an interesting little pattern at the top there, but quite sort of simple. Um and I like the colour as well. <laughs> and actually, um, Isiga Highland is used in, as one of the yarns in this hat, which is the yarn that the Alula shawl was knit in in issue 19. It's one of my favourites. I made um, a hap shawl in that yarn many years ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Nice. And it's one of my favourite yarns to work with, i got oh, to say. There we go. Got to say. Um, so if you like the sound of this book, which you should because it's great. Uh, you should head over to our, the aforementioned uh, page on the website. So pompomag.com forward slash podcast, because we'll be giving one away. Whoa. Whoa. So yeah, head there and you can find out how to win it. So now we can move along to tell and tell festive tell and tell indeed how is it festive i don't know but it is <laughs> maybe we can get eli to put some like jingle bells in the background yes. <laughs> so uh what have you been knitting so i have been working on some socks yay yay and she says yay in these notes here about the idea. yay <laughs> which is a bit like socks yeah which is rachel Coopie's, but uh, like a sock little, empire The <laughs> tiny little elf going <laughs> um so when i was going to austin I thought, oh, I'd like a project because I have been making my cesium jumper, of course, which hopefully by the time people are listening to this will not only be finished, but there'll be pictures of me wearing it on the internet. Nice. Uh, If that doesn't happen, then apologies to my future self (laughs) for failing. (laughs) Um, So I was kind of at the point in that project where it wasn't uh, an easy one to take on the plane with me. So I thought, what is easy to take on travel? Oh, we've had this conversation many a time. Oh boy, are we pro travel socks? (laughs) so i um decided to make emily foden's pattern and the name escapes me now isn't it emily's favorite socks? yeah i'm pretty sure that's yeah. what it is yes um because i have favorites they're, and their socks they're by emily and their favorites and their socks and I gosh read. knows what she called them i can't remember it now but, uh. <laughs> um so when i was with emily in uh Moorsburg, which was, oh, that was... a great interview on the last podcast. Right? That? Yeah. Remember that? Um, so when I was there, uh, I noticed her large array of beautiful hand-knitted socks. Uh, I love Emily's aesthetic. I think she has just a wonderful eye for lovely, simple detail and gorgeous colours, hence her being such a wonderful dyer. Oh, yeah. She's also a great designer. She hasn't done loads of designing, but um, I love everything that she designs, and I decided to make some of her socks because um, I had a few mini skeins that I picked up from her and it felt right to use them for her sock pattern so I've almost finished those actually because uh, my knitting time on the plane and in Austin allowed me to do that so that's mostly what I've yeah. been working on that and piecing together my jumper which I've done quite slowly because I'm not a huge fan of seaming well, seems to me that you should uh... yay, I'm glad you made that joke <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to follow it with it's just, just, good. It's good. It's just good, it's good, it's good <laughs> how about you? um i'm making myself a take heart hat uh, uh t-h-h yeah excuse me i coughed there I <laughs> um so i made one another oh, one yeah <laughs> yeah i made two a couple of podcasts ago for a gift mm-hmm. uh which very well received excellent and then i was like i need one and i'm actually Yay, making it in the same color that i chose for the, one of the recipients So it's this amazing okay. coppery burnt leafy orange nice oh so amazing are you looking at the thing i'm wearing which is exactly the same color right now. no i would say that's more red okay phew no i was just thinking that's kind of the color of the the color du jour for the pom-pom team for me, me you and amy i think we're all amy to be fair has always been into kind of rusty burnt oranges yeah and i was never against them but it wasn't a color i would have bought for myself and now i'm all about that yeah i'm definitely rocking the autumnal shades at mm-hmm. uh, the moment in my life that sounds good what else i know that you've had a little festive uh... oh my word this is so <laughs> exciting So Opal, like the yarn brand, do an advent calendar where you get tiny mini balls of wool. (laughs) Oh, my word. It's been like the best part of Christmas so far for me. (laughs) So you get a tiny 15 gram ball of wool. Mm -hmm. And I've been making some socks and I've been highly influenced. I have to give props to Rachel Coopy, because last year on Twitter, she was tweeting about her advent calendar. And basically I've shamelessly shamelessly copied her. And I'm knitting some really simple just toe-up socks but oh, they're literally they're kind of so ugly that they're amazing because yeah. you have so many colors put together <laughs> and you you to look at the drawer you've just got to like open up that door yeah. and be like sure I'm knitting with a tequila sunrise <laughs> set, set up or next day it's going to be the one I'm knitting with now is like pink and white and blue it's amazing it's like some sort of like kids nursery rhyme <laughs> dream color I don't know it's and Rachel Atkinson has also been uh, yeah the other Rachel I think there's yeah. a couple of people definitely on uh, like Instagram I love the social media it's so yeah yeah it's a nice way to see what people are doing there I think yeah like uh, Lila's from Old Maiden Aunt she's doing it as well <laughs> but these guys they're they're on fire they're much faster than me I'm right. still on what day am I I'm on day six Sophie and now it's what the 24th of <laughs> December oh yeah yeah it's yeah, a yeah. Long time. <laughs> um, oh well. So everyone's on socks. Yeah, and I think... Sock I'm and gonna, clock. I'm going to get... Sock and clock. I think I'm going to get at least uh, eight socks. Four at pairs. At least. <laughs> so I think uh, my sister's already like earmarked some. She's like, look at these amazing ugly socks. I was like, yeah. There so we go. Everyone wins. Yeah. that would be nice. Okay, so our first of this bumper double interview special, our first interview is with the aforementioned Helga Isseger, who is based in Denmark. Um, so, the company Isseger Strick, also based in Denmark, was founded by Mariana Isseger, and her unique designs take full advantage of the beautiful range of natural fibres and colours that Isseger offers. Her daughter, Helga, is now part of the company and designs her own collections under the name Amimono, and Sophie managed to catch up with Helga while she was in London, and uh, this is what they talked about. Um, And just FYI, Sophie and Helga were talking in a conference room, uh, which was delightfully quiet but slightly echoey, so um, that explains the echoes. For today's episode, I found myself in central London with the lovely Helga Isia. Um, thanks for joining us today, thank you. Thank you too. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thanks for having me. So with your surname uh, Issaia, Is- I'm pronouncing it right, I'd like to hear your pronunciation. So. Issaia. Issaia, wonderful. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably, I'll probably dip into different versions of it throughout the interview. But with a surname like Isia, um it's obvious uh, people will recognise your background of the knitting heritage because uh, your mother, Marianne, she started uh, Isiga a number of years ago. So uh, I suppose my first question is, growing up in a, a knitting uh, family like that, uh, your, your life, your background, uh, have you always been
2: a knitter? No, I haven't been a knitter always. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, didn't, I don't have any memories of, uh, of knitting as a child. Uh, and I think that uh, at that time, my mother was very busy with her company mm-hmm. and she almost did everything herself. I mean, she was quite successful, but uh, she did everything herself. Um, so I don't, I don't think she had the time to teach me how to knit, uh, and certainly she, she didn't uh, knit sweaters for me either. Mm. So um, it was not until I started uh, in high school that uh, I started knitting.
1: Yeah,
2: and um, I remember that I had been. Uh, asking my mother several times if she could knit this Erin uh, sweater for me, and um, and she just kept saying, "Oh yes, I'll I'll do that one day." Yeah. Uh, at at one point, I just asked her, "Oh, then could you could you show me how to do it?" Because I I could see that it was not going to happen. Um, and then I started with the. Um, a very, very simple, um, what do you call it, a cable stitch. Mm-hmm. It's a stitch where you don't use uh, an extra needle.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're just sort of twisting? Yes, you're the just twisting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
2: and I made this sweater and uh, I actually wore it. And I was kind quite happy about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, my mother made this uh, pattern. Uh, so it was sold to her uh, shop customers and, and in her own shop. Mm. And it was called uh, Helga's First Sweater. Oh. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then I started uh, knitting more and more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I found out that uh, I could actually make some designs uh, which I would like to wear myself. Mm. So that's how it started.
0: Wonderful. So that leads me on to my question. Um, you st- you started your own company uh, for a number of years, uh, Amimono. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, your designs, your knitwear designs. Um, how did the, the journey then start from not really being a knitter, as you say, to then trying a jumper to sort of now your own your own collections? How how did that develop? Yeah, I um,
2: I didn't think that I would uh, be a knitwear designer. Mm. Um, so. Um, I started studying Japanese and um, Japanese language and culture at the oh, university in Copenhagen.
0: Yeah, interesting.
2: Um, so, yeah, so it was not until uh, 2005
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, when I had my bachelor degree that I realized that I actually wanted to try um, designing and uh, that I wanted to try to see if I could live from that.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, and I. Afterwards, when I when I got my bachelor degree in um, in Japanese, I I tried to apply to the um, Danish design school, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't get accept- accepted. Okay. Um, so, and I tried. I think I tried two or three times actually, and then um, I thought, well, I'll just jump into it, and I found this little um, shop. It, in uh, Copenhagen, um, and I founded my own company, Amimono.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Amimono means uh, needlework in Japanese, so uh, so that's why I I chose that yeah. name the, the because of my also, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> of my connection with yeah. Japan. Yeah, and um, to begin with, uh, I it was very important for me just not to be associated with my mother's designs. Right. Uh, so that's also why I chose a totally different name. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to call my brand Helge Isaiah, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started out in this little shop uh, at Nørrebro in uh, Copenhagen, um, and uh, I made a new concept in this in the shop, uh, which was um, yeah, when cu- when customers came into the shop, they could buy a knit kit
1: mm-hmm.
2: with yarn and pattern, but they could also uh, buy the finished model.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I had uh, my designs hand knitted in uh, Lithuania. and. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was quite, it was a good idea and uh, I had success in my little shop, but it was also very uh, busy because I did everything, as my mother did when she was uh, starting her company.
0: You love the good, the, the more, <laughs> well, good work ethic from mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So um, when I was pregnant with my own, with with my boy, mm-hmm. and that was in 2008, um I decided that I, I wanted to join the company. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to continue with my own brand. Uh so I still design uh, under the name Amimono mm-hmm. uh, and I still make my own books and uh, Ami Amimono has its own homepage and mm-hmm. yes. but but um I own the company together with my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, And it's uh, situated in uh, uh, the very north of uh, Jutland in Denmark.
0: I'm really interested to see, to know why you uh, felt so drawn to Japanese language and culture and how's that sort of influenced your process now as a designer? So, why, you know, why Japan? (laughs) Well, I think that,
2: uh, actually, I think that I I started. studying Japanese because I really wanted to go to Japan mm-hmm. and at that time it was a very what do you what do you say it was a different a diff- difficult country to um, to visit as a mm-hmm. tourist, because Everything was written in Japanese and... Uh, right, I know
0: what you mean. It's not sort of tailored for people mm. visiting or... You know, no, no, no. I suppose it's slightly different now. And yeah, it's slightly different, yeah. but not much. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided that I... Uh, and also I was very fascinated um, by the um, Japanese designers at that time, like uh, uh, Comte Gasson, Yohji Yamamoto, and that was very fascinating for mm. me. So, um, yeah, so I started and I'm still very fascinated by uh, Japanese culture and aesthetics. Yeah. Um, I still travel to Japan like uh, at least once a year. Mm -hmm. And actually we started, uh, we we rented a little um, space in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And um, we hired two Japanese women. Uh, So from, yeah, from the first of January, we're starting Ise at Japan.
0: It's exciting. Yes, is this breaking news now for us on the podcast? yes, I yeah, think it is. That's cool. yeah. yeah. So what will that entail then?
2: Well, it, uh, first of all, we will have um, our own like stock yeah. in, of yarn in in Japan, and that would make it much easier for shop customers to to get the yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also um, planning to do some workshops in Japan, and uh, uh, maybe we, we will try to have uh, some of the patterns translated into Japanese. Mm. Already I have a book, I have actually two books translated yeah. uh, to Japanese, and my mother made a book some years ago, when she was also...
0: Is it um, so? Because I've looked. I don't know how to read Japanese knitting patterns, but I've looked at them, and the the layout is completely different. So you're saying it's translated as in completely reformatted to the Japanese style? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes wow! Really. Exciting.
2: Yeah, and but actually, uh, I think for a European you can read a Japanese uh, knitting pattern mm. because everything, it's just a drawing with numbers. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, actually quite uh, uh, accessible. Yeah. Yes. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so just talking about Japan and how obviously that's influenced uh, your, your style and your brand, uh, I wanted to talk about the styling and photography in your photo shoots and your books. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, I really love, there's a, there's a certain sort of style which sort of defines this again. It's here, sorry. <laughs> um, and I'd be interested to sort of know your your process. You know, they're very very fresh and modern, but it's sort of like a timeless, homely, comforting, like a cozy quality, which obviously the world. But um, yeah, what's your sort of mood? How do you create those styles and your, your process behind them? Well, thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um,
2: I think I'm very lucky because I have a good team around me. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my best friend is a stylist. Very uh, handy, and, yes. <laughs> yeah. And my boyfriend is uh, no, he's actually doing documentary uh, movies, but mm. uh, he's um, taking the photos. And we've been working as a team for like since it all started mm. for me in two thousand mm-hmm. and five. Um, and I feel that I mean, my skill is to to design, and when I'm done with a collection. It's very important for me to to uh, pass it on to other people.
0: Oh, and let so, them see it differently. Almost. Yeah, so yeah. they
2: they they see the styles uh, in a new perspective. Oh,
0: interesting. Um.
2: So, of course, I have an idea. Yeah, of, uh, of for example, the location or something like that. But. Um, uh, it's always something that I, I feel safe because I know that these people mm. uh, will do their best and they're very talented and uh, there will be a, a great outcome.
0: Okay. And yeah. do you think that's because something to do with working a number of years that you're sort of, you have a similar kind of wavelength now? Of like, oh, yeah, this should have this field. Or do you think, if they, do they surprise you with a different, like, oh, no, we should
1: shoot this like this?
2: Yes, yeah, sometimes they actually surprise me. And I think that's very good. Hmm. I mean, uh, because I think you should do what you're best at, um, and uh, yeah, you can't be good at it, at everything, mm. so, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, let's talk more about the SIA yarns. Um, I'm sure people are familiar with them, but uh, if not, people haven't knit or come across your yarns. Your, was they it yours, or as you say your mother's? It's, you're still in the brand. I, I want to get the...
2: The, the ISA, uh, yes. um uh, I'm co-owner of, co-owner. The, of yeah. the company, so yeah. you get, could say, yeah.
0: Get the semiotics of it right, you know. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Who is what and, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, if people haven't come across the Yarns before, what's, uh, what makes them special? What's uh, so unique? You know, I think mm. they're gorgeous. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people who haven't seen Yeah.
2: Them. I think, first of all, they're very, very high quality. Uh, we mm-hmm. only use... Uh, natural materials like uh, fine merino wool, uh, linen, silk, uh, cotton. Um, and I think one of the great qualities about the yarns is that uh, you can combine them in all different ways. Mm, yes. And that's something that we very often do. Mm. So um, most of the yarns are quite uh, thin, and... Um, and you, you, I like to knit with, for example, spinny, which is one of my favorites. I like to knit uh, with it alone. Um, but it's also very nice if you combine it with uh, the thin alpaca one or a silk mohair. Yeah.
0: I like the, uh, I in a lot of your patterns, I really like how, yeah, like exactly how you say you use the you know, like a mohair, an alpaca with more of a halo to sort of almost bulk out, give more like body and texture to the yeah. thinner yarns. Um, how would you sort of advise people to experiment with that if they haven't done that before? If you got any tips? So.
2: Mm, what can I say? I think, yeah, I think, as you say, it's very, it's important just to experiment.
1: Mm, okay.
2: Because um, at many yarns, it says... The, we recommend this needle size. Mm-hmm. We don't have that on our labels. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I mean um, a yarn like spinny mm-hmm. would be beautiful if you knit it on a needle number. I don't know the English oh. sizes, but a thin needle thin. <laughs> and and but it could also be knitted uh, for a shawl mm. uh, on thicker needles. Mm. And I think that's uh, one of the things I spend a lot of time uh, on doing when I'm uh, yeah. designing, that I um, I always try different needle sizes. Yeah. So I make a lot of swatches. Um, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a good something. tip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of something. swatches. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could make for a design. I could easily make like ten swatches for mm-hmm. one design, just to. At first, I have to figure out uh, the the yarn, the pattern, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then I would have to make, um, for example, if I do a special kind of increase or decrease, mm. uh, I would like to make a swatch of that mm. so, so I could, um, just to see how it will look like. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't have to knit the whole sweater.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you do is that sort of, you have the idea, you know, hypothetically, I'm going to make a cardigan. Yeah. You have that finished idea and then you... You break down this little elements to, Yes, sort of yes exactly. On. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So with the with the yarns, uh one thing that I think is very uh sort of definite about is the eyes, uh, the sort of the palette. It's very considered and I sort of love the it's very subtle, but a lot of the colours you get some very exciting combinations. So, you know, you can sort of really play around with not only the thicknesses you say about playing putting them together, it sort of really lends themselves to sort of uh, creating all these combinations and having fun with that, yeah. um, I'd be interested to know like how that sort of influences your design process and sort of more about how the color palette, uh, you know, was developed or is developed now. Yeah,
1: actually,
2: uh, the color palette of the uh, the original yarns, mm. which were spinny and uh, Jensen yarn, which is a thicker yarn, mm-hmm. um, these yarns. Um, when my mother inherited uh, the company 40 years ago um, from from a, a famous Danish knitwear designer called Ursulund Jensen, mm-hmm. uh, she had only these two yarns, the spinney and the Jensen yarn. And, um, and she had them made uh, in Jutland, in Denmark. Mm-hmm. The yarn is not, or the wool is not from Denmark, but they were... Um, Um, dyed and spun Mm -hmm. in Denmark uh, at a yarn mill called uh, Henreiksens Ullspinneri. Good name.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) And uh, we still uh, have have, uh, exactly the same yarns made.
1: Fantastic.
2: Um, And the color palette is uh, almost the same as well. Mm. Uh, Ursula Jensen also had a wide uh, range of colors. And uh, all the colours were, I mean, of course they were not uh, plant dyed, Mm -hmm. but um, she made the palette, so it looked like the um, the colours you will get when you plant dye. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. There's a softer kind of tone to
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. More earthy. Yes. I can see that now. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, uh, so that's the same colors uh, we have today as we had forty years ago.
1: Wow,
0: So that's, that's like a little capsule of time almost sort of yeah. you know the the colors that sort of would be but would have I, been more. sorry, yeah, yeah, but
2: I really like that uh, that we that we keep having having the same colors because I mean, uh many companies they they uh, change the palette every mm. season mm. and uh, if you're a knitter you don't def- maybe you you don't finish your sweater in one season you so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, be lying there for a year or so and then maybe you you can't get the same color anymore
0: yeah so, so yeah and also I what thought what I thought you were gonna say if you, You make the jumper and then, of course, you know, the idea you have, not only it takes a while to knit, but the idea that something you've made, you'd keep for longer. And that there's sort of, I guess, with the timeless quality of the colour, it's not really going to look out out of date or, you know, out of style. No, and
2: also because we have uh, such a wide range of colours, there would always be colours which are, like, trendy right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, going back to my question of how, how does that influence... How you design and knit then, these colors? Uh, I think even though we
2: have all these colors, I always like need another. Yes. <laughs> I just need more colors. Um, but uh, one of the things I really like uh, by the uh, about the design process is mm-hmm. uh, choosing colors. Yes, and I start out with. I always start out with maybe twenty colors, mm-hmm. and then uh, gradually I. What do you call it? Uh, yeah. narrow, narrow, narrow it down. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that's one of the things I feel very privileged mm. to have the all these colors to yeah. play with. Yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Excellent. All right, so um, this nicely leads on to one of our podcast questions that we like to do, which is uh, Desert Island Yarn. Uh, it's kind of a game we play. So hypothetically, you've been cast upon a desert isle yeah. and you have one yarn to knit with I'm pretty certain what yarn you're going to choose, but (laughs) uh, you have unlimited colours and uh, unlimited amounts, so uh, what would you choose as your desert island yarn, and why? Oh, that's a very difficult one.
2: Could I choose two?
0: Well, I mean, it it is the uh, the style to put two together, I suppose, so yeah, we'll well, allow that. Okay, (laughs) I think then
2: I would would choose um, spinny, which is... uh, do you call it one ply
0: yarn? Yeah, it's very
2: thin. It's just one strand. One strand, yeah. Yeah,
0: like a—is it quite loose, like a single ply, or is it tightly twisted? I guess it's
2: a little bit tightly, okay, twisted.
0: Yeah, I've worked with finny before. But yeah, not but spinny, it's two so. strands. Yes, exactly. Yes. So that's the difference. Okay. Yeah, uh,
2: but the spinny mm-hmm. uh, and um, I think I would choose the alpaca one mm-hmm. as the other one. Yeah. Because uh, I really love the combinations of the two of them.
0: What's the fabric like then with
2: this? It's like pure wool and pure alpaca, which make... I mean, the pure wool gives a nice structure
0: mm-hmm.
2: of the patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the alpaca one adds softness. softness. Mm. So,
0: so you'd be covered with both on your, yes. like your desert island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Excellent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right, well... Um, what sort of you know we're getting to the end of 2016 now, so uh, what plans uh, can people expect from 2017 from you? What have you got coming up? Uh, first of all, I have my
2: new book coming up yeah. Um, I've been uh, working on that for a long time now, like one and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm very excited to have it uh, done. And oh,
0: what's the name of that one again? Um, I haven't decided oh, yet. Oh, no, I say, I don't know the name. That's terrible. No. But you
2: don't know. That's I haven't okay. decided yet. No. But it's uh, it will come out in uh, the beginning of February. Fantastic. That's yeah. So exciting. And it will be um, a collection of uh, 10 designs, mm-hmm. 10 patterns. And uh, I would say that it's kind of. Uh, a tribute to um, craftsmanship, and I, I, um, I was inspired by uh, fashion um, in the be- beginning of the nineteenth century. Mm. Uh, that was a time when everything was very well fitted, uh, and also um, it was before uh, the industrialization. Yes. Yeah. So uh lots of uh, clothes were sewn or knitted by hand mm-hmm. and uh you people used uh, very very uh, good materials because um I mean if you if you got a new jacket it was supposed to last for more than two seasons yeah. maybe it it should last for the rest of your rest of your life yeah So that's something I'm very uh, fascinated about.
0: Interesting. Do you do a lot of research then into all these fantastic that would be exciting to do?
2: Yes, I make uh, some research, and uh, I watched uh, a TV series like uh, The Nick. Did you watch? Did you see that that one? It's very good. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and very um, inspiring. Oh, yeah, excellent. So we always like good recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And also, yeah, I, I was inspired by um, American wow. Amish culture. Mm. So I decided to, because the last collection I made, the last book I made was very colorful. And uh, so I wanted to make something different this mm-hmm. time. So it's uh, more like monochrome. Yeah, exciting. And, yeah. Uh, I I used a palette of colors from white to very dark brown but not not any bright colors.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting we're talking about narrowing down all the colors, you've really gone to like yes, get it. I, yes, <laughs> very yeah, capsule this time, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> At first I thought I would make a collection which was only white and dark brown but it Became a little bit too boring. Okay, so so, <laughs> so I added a few more colors. Exciting! Yeah. Well,
0: I'm sure we'll be uh, bringing news yeah. about on the podcast in the future. Yeah. Um, well, another thing we always ask because it's the end of the year: uh, Do you have any New Year's knit resolutions? So your New Year's resolutions that are knitting uh, flavor.
2: Yeah. I Actually, I promised myself that uh, when I'm starting a new collection, mm-hmm. uh, I want to make less. Complicated patterns. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. Is that for
0: your, yourself? You you feel like you want to design things or just as a... Both for myself
2: because I really struggled with this one. Okay. Really struggled. Interesting. Yeah. But also because I want to make a design for beginners. Oh, that's um, yeah. And um, I mean, a, a design could be interesting and uh, well-fitted, mm. even though it's easy to knit.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes... It's, it's like almost an oxymoron, but writing a knitting pan, it's, it's difficult to make something as simple as possible. Yes. I think when you're narrowing down how to write instructions. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like a fun, a fun yeah. resolution <laughs> to do, yeah. Yeah. Not an easy one, but... Uh, <laughs> no, not
2: easy, necessarily.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, something fun to spend uh, next year thinking yeah. about, I guess. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for chatting with us. Uh, if people want to keep up to date with... Uh, your books and your patents and uh, is it the yarns? uh where should they go
2: well uh, we have a website mm-hmm. it's uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i also have my own page uh, amimono.dk. Mm-hmm. i'm not very good at social media but i i, I have an uh, instagram yep. account called helge Isager. And uh, I try to make an update like once a week.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so. we'll look forward to that once a week. So we'll feel privileged yeah. when we see it. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: All right. Well, we'll put links to all that on, on our blog post for the podcast as well. Thank you so very much. I guess all, all remains to say is thank you. Thank you for such yeah. an interesting chat. Thank you, too. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> So thanks again to Helga. What a lovely, talented lady! Uh, it was really nice to chat to her. And special sneaky peeky, she mm-hmm. brought along some of the samples we talked about. Her book, mm-hmm. which is coming out next year, she's like another book. Yeah, and she's like, I thought you might like to have a look at these, and it would just she was right. Oh, the detail in these in these pieces just it's something very special. I'm, I'll make yeah. sure we you know we get something to chat about yeah. uh, next week, next year, next yeah. week. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, Thanks, thanks, Helga. It was really nice to catch up with her, and while she was so busy in London, so mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Next up, we have what would Juju do? What would Juju do if you were Juju? What would you do? What Juju do? Do what would Juju? Juju? do what? <laughs> um, so this is the section where we take your questions uh, to our craft guru, Juju Vale. Uh, and this episode, we have a question from Sally Raffles, and Sally Raffles is also. A person who has designed for pom-pom. Sally Ravels is her Ravelry name. Indeed. She wasn't blessed with just the name Sally Ravels. Well, Juju does like that name. It's true. It's a good name. Um, So Sally was the designer of the Tannin Scuff, which was featured in our uh, autumn issue this year. Well, let's hear what she uh, had to ask Juju. What would Juju do? That's the question we're
3: saying today. Hi, Juju. Hi, Sophie. So Sally Ravels got in touch via Ravelry. You've heard of that old place, haven't you? I have, and I love the name Sally Ravels. If that's not her proper name, she should change it to her proper name. (laughs) Well, what would Juju do
0: if she found herself at a loss for what castle next? I'm sure it's happened to us all. How might Juju make a priority list, mental or physical? For what project? Slash, us? So what projects, sir, to give time to? This, of course, raises the issue of planning compared with whimsical floating. I tend to do both, says Sally, although not at the same time. And then she adds, can one plan to float whimsically?
3: Ooh, existential. Juju, have you been doing any whimsical floating recently? Yeah, I'm doing some right now. (laughs) No, but I am doing some in my knitting as well, because my entire um, knit night group have caught a virus called uh, Stephen West's Vertices Unite. (laughs) It was very, oh, it's very, very catchy. And everybody's doing it. It's probably very tempting because it's got so many colours and we all love lots and lots of colours. And I thought I'd catch this virus too because, hey, why not be sick with all my friends? But um, I've caught it in a controlled way. I've been following the Wardrobe Architect series to help me plan my making more, better, uh, and oh, I must say, we talked about this uh, in a podcast
0: where Juju was guest host with me. So check that out if you yeah. haven't already. Please continue.
3: Yeah, that's the Wardrobe Architect series from the Colette blog. And uh, although it's got me planning what items I need, I'm going to still be a little bit uh, free floating with my accessory knitting because I like to knit accessories that are fun and colourful. But it has actually made me plan a capsule wardrobe for the autumn. And for that, I have selected a palette of nine colors, and so the colors that I'm using in my vertices unite are from that palette very specifically. And so, although they are, uh, I, I've just whimsically decided to follow and play along with this virus of vertices uniting. I have also chosen colors that are anchoring me to a palette, so that might be a good way of 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 uh, planning your next knit in a, in a whimsical but existential, no that's in a, in a whimsical but planned way.
0: So it's the idea, what would you cast on next? In theory you could cast on anything, you wouldn't really be at a loss to where it fits because you have this overarching theme yes? That's right,
3: yeah. In theory I could cast on from my you know, needed list. I, do I, I actually need coats but I'm not going to make a coat, I'm not going to knit a coat I'm going to sew a coat but not knit a coat I need... Uh, dresses I'm not going to knit a dress and I, I always need cardigans but uh, I think I'll leave that to later right now I was in the mood for something a little bit more fun and I'm following the colour and the silhouette pattern that I want.
0: Interesting well some things to think of thank you um, and thanks to Sally Ravels for getting in touch and uh, that's what Juju would do. <laughs> All right. So thanks, guys. I feel like we're all better informed. Indeed. It's always good to hear from Juju. Always. And if you'd like to hear from Juju in the format where she answers a question you have, mm-hmm. you can send your queries to the uh, podcast email address, which is podcast at pomponmag.com. And now on to interview number two. This is Lydia chatting to the lovely Julia Farwell-Clay. Uh, this was recorded earlier in the year at Rhinebeck Festival. Um, Julia designed the cover star of the latest winter issue uh, you would have seen the palindrome wrap which is mm-hmm. a lovely mohair stripy number and also tambourine which was uh, on the cover of issue 12 uh, spring 2015 mm-hmm. <laughs> Lydia's with me sorry yes <laughs> I'm just nodding along <laughs> uh, so Lydia caught up with her um, to find out more about her life as a designer and again just FYI um, we were recording this at Rhinebeck um, sort of behind where the stand's were but uh there's a lot of background noise from the revelers uh at the festival the revelers and the revelers uh so just um yeah just an apology for that but also thanks to merit bookstore who um hosted us at Rhinebeck and allowed us to use their space
3: to record the interview
0: at Rhinebeck Sheep and Wool for my first year ever and uh, I'm sat here (laughs) with Julia Farwell-Clay whose design is on the cover of the newest issue of Pom Pom. We're very very pleased to have her as part of the team and I'm very very pleased to have her sat next to me here today. Um, Hello Julia.
4: Hello.
0: (laughs) Okay so um, we're going to ask you you know, a few of our usual podcast questions. Um, just actually, as a sound related note, this, there's a lot of background noise right now. That's because we are right in the middle of the festival and there's lots of excited people wearing very nice
4: jumpers, buying books of yarn. Hopefully you can hear us okay over the noise. But well, um, if, if, if my voice features off, it's because I see a particularly pretty sweater go by and I <laughs> might get distracted. It's,
1: you
0: know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's lots of uh, lots of things to look at, not just the nice trees outside, but the, the people in their jumpers. Okay, so I'm going to do question one, which is always, you know, our usual question one, which is who taught you to knit or what's your earliest memory of knitting and all crafts, I'm going to say.
4: Uh, well... Okay, to to keep Keep that short. (laughs) Yeah, because I could talk, Uh and I do talk often too much about it. But um, the first person who taught me to knit was a babysitter who was Danish, um, and her name was Annie, and she came from Ronders in Denmark. So shout out to Ronders, Denmark. Um, But Annie was my babysitter, and she—I knew how to knit at that point. I think I was nine years old, and my mother, I think, had taught me to do the stitches. But Annie knit in a continental style. Um, And she knit like the wind and I was an impatient nine-year-old I I, you know wrapping Yarn dutifully around two knitting needles was all good and fine, but uh, If I could knit like that that would then I would be interested because that looked like it might be worth the effort So she taught me to knit like and of course I later found out that she had taught me to purl backwards Mm -hmm. so It turns out that's the most efficient way to make a pearl, so I uh, have always been knitting like, like my Danish teenager babysitter. Mm. Wait, pearl backwards, so but not you don't get a twisted stitch? Well, because you knit into the back of the stitch because the stitch is seated in the way that presents itself to knit it correctly, yeah. so everything works out well. Brilliant, yeah, great. Um,
0: I guess question number two is just tell us about the path that led you to becoming a knitwear designer. Um...
4: Well, it's it's sort of a matter of figuring out who you are already. You know, it's yeah. like it's like the red shoes. You can just tap the heels together, you can go back to campus. <laughs> um, I guess I was a knitwear designer mm-hmm. from a pretty, you know, about midway through my knitting career life yes. um, because I was knitting to please my solid. Um, and, uh, you know, my mother had given me, you know, I had always been knitting since I was nine. I'd always had an afghan or a scarf or... Something ridiculous on the needles um, and struck, sometimes struggling here with the pattern. And my mother gave me a copy when I was 18 years old of K. Facet's um, Glorious Knits. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that book does is it's uh, lots and lots of pictures that he has taken on all, all his spectacular travels of, you know, Tuscan earthworks and. Majolica pottery and, and things that are cracked, and the, the, the little tableaus that he makes in his house of all of his, you know, hand painted pots and things together. And then on the next page is the knitwear that was inspired by that particular collage. And I took it, you know, it was really just a couple of pages into that book on my first leaf through that I realized that knitting could be any you know, and it could be an artistic practice and it could be an expression of the way life infuses you with mm. beautiful stuff and you can just spit it back out through your knitting. Yeah. Um so that's kind of how what happened to me. It was a yeah. like an um alch- an alchemy moment, you know, I was yeah. like, oh okay, <laughs> this is who I am now. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't put the D on that, you know, I didn't say I was a designer really, I think until after I had worked with uh, Kate Gilbert. Right at Twist Collective, and had been in, involved in the process of, um, you know, midwifing mm-hmm. uh, designers' work yeah. at, into publication. Yeah, that I realized the difference between what they were doing and what I was doing was right. not much. Right. A little math. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so when a math.
0: when you started Twist Collective, had you published any designs
4: before then? I, I hadn't. Um, I mean, I had a number of things that I mean, any number of things that I had done. Myself, yeah. um, but as part of the publicity for getting the you know twist out there, mm-hmm. um, we had uh, our friend Amy uh, Singer over at NIDI said, "Hey, you know, let's let, I want to help you guys get attention. Send me something to publish as part of your original yeah. like presentation." So um, I sent them the. A child's uh, hooded pattern mm-hmm. with the dinosaur spines mm-hmm. on the raglan seams. The seams are upside down, and it's called Steggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good pattern for kids who yeah. like dinosaurs. <laughs> and people have done all kinds of crazy things with that that yeah. aren't dinosaurs, and they're all they're all fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm always impressed with the other people's creativity. With my the thing that I've handed over to them. So, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that was fun. I was a kid who liked dinosaurs.
4: I was a kid who liked dinosaurs. Yeah. I think most kids do. Yeah. yeah. I think all the sensible ones do. Right. All the sensible ones. All the cool ones. ones. Yes. Right. yes. Right? Right. <laughs> hey, all the cool yeah. kids like dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my first patterns were in pom-pom.
4: Were in pom-pom? Yeah. I'd, ah. never,
0: I'd never done patterns
4: before. Pom-poms. Wow. Birth by fire. <laughs> yeah. Trial by fire. I fire. mean, I, I had also
0: knit for myself without patterns or, or changed patterns you know, to suit me. Right. But i have never properly written them down. Until. Luckily, Megan was, uh, was yeah. more
4: experienced. Right, well, and Megan would like, say, hey, look, you, what you're wearing, that's something that can be published. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's very nice to have someone give you permission to... Uh... It
0: does feel that way sometimes. Right, right. The... to be
4: discovered. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> My next question is about the lovely design that we have in our current issue, palindrome which is a brilliant name for a pattern, which was the name that you had chosen for it and that we kept because it suits it perfectly. Um, and obviously, we're really happy to have you on the team again. And I was wondering if you could tell us more about the story behind the design, if, if, <laughs> if you could. If
4: <laughs> I could. Um, well, um, that particular pattern uh, is, uh, is tile work that I saw. Um, I was... Uh, thinking of redoing a bathroom and I went into this very expensive tile store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
1: should
4: do that. I <laughs> so this very expensive and um, encaustic tile which is where the patterns are baked into the colors of the clay. I think it's Moorish or Spanish or something. Um, and there they they were, they were the pieces of the tile were on the table for you to play with. Like, here are the tiles and you can make the pattern and then our a uh, lovely assistant will uh, take your order and we will ship it to your own house and I was just messing with the tiles yeah and I wasn't even thinking oh I'm going to be a knit designer <laughs> today this is my designer hat I'm going to make something out of uh, it just it came out and I looked at it and I thought oh I could knit that yeah. <laughs> which often happens to me yeah you know, you know McDonald's I'm messing around with the french fries oh I could knit that. <laughs> it was kind of that way with the tiles and um but that sat around. Uh, I, sw- I went home and I swatched it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I showed it to my husband, and he smiled and patted me on the head and <laughs> asked me what I wanted for dinner. And um, it it's just I sat there waiting for your call, which was yeah. completely perfect. Because yeah. the moment I saw your design call, I went, ah, <laughs> that's what that was for. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you guys um, asked for it in here. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Well, I think I may have opened the door to that because I think I had an idea that it would be knit in wool and then the little narrow gray stripe would be mohair so it would have to be a peak of mohair through it, but you, you were like, no, full Monty. <laughs> Full mohair, yeah, yeah, and it and it does look
0: wonderful in the mohair, but uh, oh, no question. But yeah, I was thinking, right, if I make this for myself in mohair, I'm going to buy some wooden needles because I don't own any wooden needles. But
4: actually, you know, it's I, I made it on Tiago's uh, and it, okay. it, it it went very gracefully. I think okay. if it, it were mo- like a like a bamboo needle or a wool needle, maybe mm-hmm. a little too clingy. I don't know. Okay. I think it's personal preference. Yeah, yeah. I your, mean, normally your I'm results may vary. So yeah, oh. Okay. Yeah, we're both on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you kind of get into it after a while. First couple of rows, you're like, oh, why did I sign up for this? And then after a while, you're like, oh, no, this is what I'm doing. This is okay. Yeah, Yeah. well, obviously, we love it. It's on the cover. And, uh, yeah, we're very pleased. It's a nice, nice picture. I was really, I I didn't know how to take a picture of it. So I'm really glad you guys (laughs) didn't take a picture of
0: it. I think it was the design that I had most trouble choosing
4: pictures for because we had so many yeah there's so many different ways to style it that's yeah.
3: right because it yeah. depends
4: on you can wear it uh, wrong side up or right side up down or backwards or forwards yeah. and it could be a scarf it can be a shawl yeah. it can be a I don't know pillow on the train <laughs> it's really good yeah <laughs> and warm mohair and warm. Past that,
0: past that uh has that um, okay so um, sort of related question and I guess you just told us a little bit about one of your design processes with with the shawl, with palindrome. Um, So I was wondering if you tend to work in a similar way for each piece you design or whether it just
4: changes, whether you start with yarn or you start with the idea or? Um, Every once in a while I start with the yarn. Okay. Um, It tends to be more, like I have pet yarns. (laughs) So I have this, uh, you know, this quiver full of particular arrows or a golf bag full of particular irons, and I see the shots, you know, and I go, oh, this is, this is for my five iron. Yeah. Um, but mostly, it's uh, the, the, if the idea comes first.
1: Okay.
4: Um, and it might be, you know, as I said, it could be tile. It could be a sweater that I saw in a store that I think I could do better. Um, right. It might be um, an outfit that I have mm-hmm. uh, or it might be but most it's mostly art you know I look yeah. at art yeah. um, you know when I write I like to read poetry and yeah. the poetry makes me a better prose writer mm-hmm. I think um, as a network designer the, the things that I jump off of most often are um, you know painted um, yeah. paintings or or even some of like sculpture that so yeah. sort of I, I interpret it. it just makes sense to me as a knitted you know thing and so that's how I really how I go
1: yeah
4: What is? did you um, have a background in art or did you go to art school or similar no um, but not, not officially no but I've been making my clothes yeah. since I was you know 13, 14 yeah uh, and so I tend to think in terms of um, self-presentation and uh, as a personal expression yeah Yeah. Um, as, an, as an artistic practice so yeah. I, you know it's a sort of Always experienced it that way. Yeah. Um, and this isn't a question I said you beforehand, so you don't have to answer it. But I just
0: you work a lot. I mean, you're wearing a beautiful colourwork uh, cardigan now, and the design you sent for us had several colours in it. I think of you as somebody who designs with several colours in most of your pieces, either in tarsier or fairisle or, or similar. Um, do you have like a particular way you approach colour, or are there any colours that you tend to never use? Like, do you have
4: uh, a color theory that you use or anything like that? Well, personally, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I heard Juju say on your podcast once that she had her colors done. And so she always sort of looked at those (laughs) colors as something that those are her colors. Um, I think the same thing happened to me. We right. were hit by the same asteroid. Okay. Um, and I think we both recovered in a very similar way. You know, that uh, for a while, I only thought of myself as an autumn. Right. But um, there are other colors that make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really kind of how I do approach things. I, I tend to dress, though, I think in earthy yeah. colors. And uh, as I get older, um, when I am an old woman, I shall wear purple. I think mm-hmm. I'm heading in that direction. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I only very recently came round to purple. I was very anti purple until about two years ago.
4: Now I'm very pro purple. I can tell. I'm, I'm yeah. looking at your bangs. The my fringes fringe is, fringe is purple. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, so I've gone like full,
0: nothing's <laughs> purple to there's constantly purple above my face.
4: Right. <laughs> well, then you never have to wear it because you just have it. right? It's true. Purple yeah. is a neutral.
0: I think all shiny colours are neutral. So, yeah. so like gold, silver.
4: Right. <laughs> I'm wearing gold boots, and they're like, yeah, the gold boots are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I aspire to gold boots. Yeah, those are good. I
0: recommend them. I've made many friends with my boots.
4: Right. Because people are like, hey, great boots. Right. Instead of a dog. Yeah. People can talk about yes. you have it. You have a pair of gold boots. Yeah, I can't have a dog in London, so you have gold boots. Right. Instead. No. <laughs> Yeah, London's no, not nearly as dog-friendly a city as like New York is. New York is almost like Duraguer. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. it's a shame. But gold boots.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a dog. I could get a gold dog one day. Right. Things go really well. For me. <laughs> um, so my next question is, and you might have kind of answered this a little bit, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, just in case the other makers gets it out. Um, I love the phrase on your website where you say that you would especially enjoy how patterns are personalised in the hands and lives of knitters. Um, could you tell us more about the connection you feel between yourself and the people who knit, or like the wider knitting community? I,
4: I think of my, my work mm-hmm. as when I push the publish button, mm-hmm. that's when I am done. Yeah. Right? So that's the period at the end of the poem, that's when I've signed the painting. You know, and I, I think that there's an equivalency because you know, I been I send a pattern out into the world, and my job, my job is finished. Mm-hmm. I have presented a knitter with a jumping-off point. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't generally publish things that people knit in a day. You mm-hmm. know, my my patterns are commitments. They're yeah. time. Yeah. And people take time to do them, and they come to my sweater with their lives, whatever it is about their experience that. Attracts them to that sweater. Mm-hmm. and then they take that sweater on, and that sweater is you know in the background while yeah. their life keeps happening, right? sometimes for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and so all of that, you know all that goes into the stitches. and mm-hmm. and I don't I mean that quite literally it yeah. goes into the stitches. Their gauge shifts a little bit imperceptibly. Yeah. They're tense one day, they're relaxed another day. Yeah. um they might add a color. um they might run out of that color. they might yeah. do something creative to fix it. Um, and all of that sort of goes into the sweater that they're knitting. And they also have a, a vision for that sweater, how they're going to knit it, how they're going to wear it, the colors that they're going to use instead. Um, you know, and at, that's their sweater. You know, that's not my sweater anymore. That's their sweater. Um, in the same way, you know, you read a poem and... <laughs> the author is done but the author's not there the author is not there to tell you how to do it yeah. the author has guided you yeah. you know my words are there on the page yeah. suggesting how you might do this but that's, you know, that's, that's there I'm not babysitting you and making yeah. you do it that way <laughs> so that's kind of how I how I think of it and whenever I see like this woman who came through with a, she was wearing um, Winter Traveler which is the big Nordic star sweater um in a much softer yarn than I get mine in, yeah. <laughs> in colors differently from what mine were, and, and it was so beautiful on her, yeah. and it fit her. I have to say, she fit it. She was wearing it exactly how I would want her to knit it, Would yeah. wear it. Yes, yeah. It's really great. Mm. Yeah, it's just, there's nothing better. It's, yeah, it's like applause. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good.
0: And I like the analogy with the pattern as well. Yeah, it's really lovely. Thanks.
4: Did yeah. you? Did you? Did you used to teach English? I did. English? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I could I could tell you that I think of the pattern as text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll back away now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, my
0: last two questions then will be the ones that we. Always ask everybody, so they'll be. We're gonna cast you away to a desert island, and you're allowed to take one yarn with you. Which? What ocean are we in? You get to choose what kind. Yeah, (laughs) you can can have a a, or or you kind of whatever you imagine a desert island. You know, maybe it's chilly at night. I don't know. Um, But you're only allowed the one yarn. You can have it in all the colors. All the
4: colors. But just one base. What are you gonna take with you? At the moment, Uh um, it's sincere sheep's. Hormo sport, yeah, because it's just lovely and springy, and I love the dusky colors. And, um, and you know, it's and it's the perfect gauge. Sport is like the perfect gauge. Sport is good. It really yeah. is good. Yeah, because yeah. you can do drapey, lacy shawls, and you can also do lovely, cozy sweaters. Yeah. Put a cable in there. You can have a really chunky sweater. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: There we go. And right we're giving you that
4: size five. It's perfect okay. for my hands. <laughs>
0: Right, you get those, that's good. Right. <laughs> um, and my last question is uh, if you were an animal, she's wincing, what would you be and why? <laughs> uh,
4: um, my son would want me to tell you that I want to be an Andrigathir. Okay. <laughs> just, what's that? It's, a, it's a mammal that's been gone for a very, very long oh. time, but they're enormous. <laughs> but I, I mean, much more realistically, um, I think I'm a crow. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was very cool. Why? I think of a crow. Um, well, because I think they're, I, I like to think of myself as fairly bright. Um, mm-hmm. They're very bright. Mm-hmm. And they kind of hang out with each other, but not quite. They're all very also individual. Okay. And I think that crows are collectors. Yeah. You know, they, they pick things up that they like. Yeah. And they put them someplace, secrets, for them to appreciate in their own, like, Alone time. You know they sort of nest a little bit. They like shiny things. They do. Yeah. Yep. And they have good memories, and they solve problems, and you know, cool. Yeah. All right. And they can fly. And they can fly. (laughs) So when you're on your desert island, it's would be hard (laughs) to argue with flying. It's true. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, um, before we completely finish up, um, if people want to find you on the internet. Ravelry Instagram so
4: where should they look okay well on Instagram I'm Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also my Twitter handle yep um, and on Ravelry I'm Julia FC uh-huh. and my website is juliafarwellplay.com. easy pretty much <laughs> <laughs> well I guess it just remains for me to say thank you for taking the time to let me interview you here with oh, well thanks for asking me Oh, wow, it's
1: my <laughs> pleasure <laughs>
0: Cool. great to hear from uh, julia feels like i was there at Rhinebeck. <laughs> yeah and um yeah thanks so much julia for putting the time aside to talk to us and share her thoughts well we've had bumper super duper hearing from all the coordinating people we have so as we come to the end of the festive bumper super duper podcast mm-hmm. uh we have one of our favorite and more common features yeah it's three. true it's probably the only one apart from the interview that's really and news and talent and okay never mind <laughs> All those regular features we do. <laughs> but I think it's something a little special. Is it is. You guys get involved and you send us suggestions. Uh-huh. And this suggestion came from, uh, well, her Ravelry name is Besta More Skills.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, she saw us at also Knitting Festival. Hurrah! Which is really cool. And she got in touch uh, with a suggestion, uh, which is favourite items you've knitted. Ooh. She did suggest we could even split it in two and say we do for others or ourselves. Uh, I've chosen for me I was going to say I've pretty much chosen entirely for me as well in the spirit of Christmas uh, (laughs) the spirit of making for oneself yes (laughs) Uh, so yeah thank you for that suggestion and she did uh, something very sweet she said she's like you can pick up your library cards in reception because she works at the library so we really Uh, like that yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. the library was such a fun place to we've already talked about fun not hard with a library card oh my god yes you are a funky librarian yes Edgy, okay. Edgy, edgy sorry, sorry, my bad. I bought some tweed trousers. That's basically the culmination of the look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, right. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So I, I got a bit existential about this. Cool, good. Yeah, you, you all right? You ready? I'm always existential. So number three. <laughs> <laughs> I, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was one of the things that... Number three, mm-hmm. I had to think long and hard about this. So it's difficult because the thing I made, I've always said, was my favourite and best thing I made. Uh-huh which was a jumper mm-hmm. for a certain gentleman, a cardigan even, which was Slade by Brooklyn Tweed. Oh, yeah. Because I loved it. I loved working with the yarn. Yeah. It was a very special thing to make this gift for someone. Yeah. And now the situation is where I'm no longer in touch with that person, mm-hmm. right? So this is getting deep. We're going on yeah. to the deep personal stuff with the podcast. Uh-huh. Personal. It's knitting, right? It's always personal. <sighs> so, so much personal knitting. <laughs> so as an object, it's still something I'm really proud that I made. Yes. But it now has a different vibe. Mm. Different kind of connotation. Different semiotics, man. Yeah. So although it's a good thing that I made, it's made me think about how when you knit something or you make anything, it doesn't belong to you anymore. you got to let it go. It's true. So... Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Just knit one more row. (laughs) So I think it's still like... object that I'm proud of because the techniques that I used to knit and it showed me that I could knit a whole jumper in a lot of speed yeah and I even like edited parts of it afterwards like I cut the sleeves off yeah I don't know if I told you this I cut the cuffs off because I went wrong yeah they had a tubular cast on the tubular cast on went too stretchy so I cut mm-hmm. it off the rib and I knit it all again and that was like a yeah. powerful thing to be able to cut off the things and do it yeah. again I don't know what I'm trying to say here. but Well, I guess when you make something and you learn a lot. I mean, most of the time when you make something, you do learn. But there Mm -hmm. are some projects that are a lot more learny than others. Mm -hmm. I also have made one of Brooklyn Tweed's jumpers. And I remember there being lots of... Because their patterns are very wordy. Yeah. But I learned lots of slightly different ways of doing uh, things, which just... Even if you don't necessarily then go and always change the way you for example Mm. do your decreases at the shoulder it's just interesting to see how other people do them so it brings like new things into your life and then you have to let them all go again this is now becoming a relationship you you retain you retain the knowledge and you work hard at something and you just have to um even if you don't get to keep that thing as a physical object you can keep it uh as part of the rich tapestry of your life and mind oh man (laughs) Thanks like, thanks for talking about that with me. I feel better. <laughs> okay, what about number two? Number two. Hey, we're back to <laughs> Number two, it would be the Campfire Shawl Yay. by Megan Fernandez, which is a free Megan. pattern, guys. Oh, love that, Megan. Love a free pattern. That is a great pattern. Lo- well, yeah, because it's one of my favourite things I knit. Yeah, you wear it loads. I do, I do So In fact, isn't one of us wearing it in our pomcast picture? Am I oh, wearing yeah. Yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah, actually, actually yours. <laughs> so yeah, for the for the colour scheme of the shoot, um yeah Lydia's wearing ups- it. Yeah, but anyway so yeah go so on. So yeah you me. guys know you've seen it that's how much I love it I yeah. want to put it on that picture mm-hmm. um so why do I love it so much it's so it's such a good size yeah. as a shawl yeah it's something that is not too fussy and big but you know I don't want a skimpy little shawl yeah no. you don't want a little skimpy shawl <laughs> uh the yarn I use which is old men aren't like their sport alpaca light dk and this amazing colour called Bluebells, which just it looks like a bluebell. You know, it's a lilac-y warm blue. And uh oh, just makes me so happy. And it's got little, like, odd bits of colour that you have with a hand-dyed yarn where you get the the fleck of a deeper shade. And, it, yeah, it's one of the things I wear the most consistently. And also the thing, I like the way the pattern is designed. You start with, like, a billion stitches cast on. Yes. And then it kind of goes... <laughs> Yeah, and you get really, really small and chunky. Yeah, because that's always end. a little bit like you're like, do I really want to cast on this many stitches? But then... You do. At the end, you feel so good. And I trust Megan. Like, she she tells me to cast on 200, 300 stitches. I'll, I'll believe you, Megan, totally. Because, yeah, I will make one of my favourite shawls, I think. Of all time. Of all time. All right, and at number one? Number one, Um, I feel bad that it's not a pom-pom, but... It is. It's been my favourite uh-huh. of the past. Yeah, I've pretty much worn it every day I could. Oh, yes, you have. Yeah. And Are you wearing, up, it out, yeah. wearing it now? I'm wearing it now! So the pattern is Case Cardi, which is by Hannah Fettig, mm-hmm. who's known as Knitbot. Yeah. And it's from her yoked book. And uh, Oh, that's a good book. Oh, it's The yarn is Quinsicote Owl. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel warm when I look at it. You know. It's a beautiful colour. Ah, it's, it's, this is Rose Bay, which is like a rosy, warm rose colour. Yes. <laughs> How would you guess that? Um, but the alpaca and the wool mix of owl oh so squishy and it just gives me happy memories of like traveling I went to Berlin for a bit and saw a friend and we went through Rotterdam I fell in love with Rotterdam Mm. and we had this really long train journey about five hours and I always think about that journey and I cast it off I finished it this was last year on my birthday last year so I always think about finishing it when it was my birthday Mm -hmm. and I cast it on at Easter when I was hanging out with my family so it's a cardi that has like a lot of memories I very clearly see as you know you do with a piece of knitwear you think about where you've been but with this one I can kind of very clearly see the timeline of where and what I was doing and uh, you know it's one of the things that fits me Mm -hmm. very well Uh, it's very versatile which is why I wear it every day (laughs) Um, so yeah it's just for me it's a humdinger and it is. Yeah. I'm looking at it right there. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, yeah. Good question. Let me think about things I knit. Thanks. It was a good question. Well, I haven't answered it yet, but I will. I can't wait to hear. Oh, boy. This is a real tricky one. Um, because, yeah, there's the different aspects of emotionally favourite thing and, like, actual usage of mm. item uh, favourite thing. I think my hard on because actually the cardigan i'm wearing could easily make it into a top three yeah. because i wear it constantly but which i'm going is. more for the which is abram's bridge yeah i so people can't see i live oh, yeah <laughs> weird so which is from autumn uh 2015 but it's um i'm gonna go for the emotional angle okay i think yeah i, I went straight but, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at number three i'm gonna go for my overbree mitts from pom-pom issue one
1: oh, yeah. vintage
0: pom-pom Um, so the one the sample that were in the magazine wasn't the first pair that I made it was the first design that I ever did and I'm still very very proud of them I really like them Um, like my taste I guess has changed in some ways since that time but those mittens I actually still wear them they're in my pocket of the coat that is uh, on the back of the chair I'm sitting on I I I have now worn through the thumbs on them because even though I made them for myself I misjudged how long my thumbs are and you're just always giving people thumbs up yeah (laughs) so i sort of wore through the ends um and i guess i'm just proud of them and i've got a lot of use out of them and because they've got a flip top um which i just gestured to sophie what a flip top is in case she wasn't sure um they are useful for many occasions and specifically i use them whilst cycling a lot uh because i do like to cycle around london town uh when the weather permits me to um yeah so there's not like loads of emotional stuff for that one but just
1: that's pretty cool my first design
0: still proud of them um yeah so that's that mm-hmm. okay so number two is actually a pattern that i've made twice and i'll tell you why it's the alina shawl by lanka comero uh, which is a free shawl pattern and i made it in um, malabrigo lace in frank ochre and the first one i made when i went to Mexico. In 2011, so on my way there, or like just before um, I left, I guess I started making it, and I finished it in the first sort of month that I was there. Um, first of all, Malabrigo lace is delightful yarn um, because it's sort of like fluffs up and gets kind of felty, but in a really lovely way. Yeah, there's it's a the not... single ply of it, isn't it? But yeah, like... and it's um and it's very very light, and it just creates this really beautiful fabric. So I made this shawl. Uh, which I wore a lot because even though I was living in Mexico, I was living in a part of Mexico where it got coldish at night. So that shawl was actually perfect. And I made a very, very good friend while I was there, a girl called Vasanta, who I lived with. Um, She's Australian. Um, And we're not massively in touch anymore, but I think of her as like a very important person in my life because when I was in Mexico, I didn't really know anyone and neither did she really, and we became very, very close. Um, And when I left, I gave her the shawl and it was like a really heartfelt gift um and she knew how big a deal it was and she really really loved it and when I went back to visit her about a year and a half later like when I sort of come back to the UK I'd started the magazine by then or we'd started the magazine I went back for a visit and I saw her and she still had the shawl and the shawl had had an um an accident whilst I owned it where I'd accidentally singed part of it on a wood burner that was in my bedroom Um, and so those bits of the shawl were a bit damaged and I fixed it for her and um She was like telling me all these stories about things that happened while I wasn't there. And um, they involved the shawl, basically. And then I remade a second one for myself. So now we both, I have that shawl and so does she. So we have like twin shawls. That's such a lovely story. Yeah. And I actually, this is reminding me that I should probably send her an email. (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) It's been quite some time. But at number one has to be, um, and when people ask me this question, when they're like, oh, you knit, what's the best thing you've ever made? This is always what I say. And it's my quadrillion jumper. So Megan Fernandez is getting some serious props in She's this. She's a good designer. You, oh, boy, I don't know if you guys a good have designer. Heard it. Check her out. <laughs> so this is from issue six of Pom Pom, um, which is now quite some time ago. Um, and it's a kind of boxy jumper with cables on the front, for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, I knit it in the uncommon thread in the colour Meadow Grass, which is chartreuse. So that's one of the reasons I probably like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's just, it's a design that... Just seems to go with everything, um and I think because of the combination of the yarn and the pattern, there's just something really special about it. And also, it's just the thing I get loads of compliments on. So it's um knitwear that makes me feel good. <laughs> it's warm nice, inside. yeah. You're like you're warm because you're wearing the jumper, but then also I feel like it's the kind of jumper that people want you to be wearing when you tell them that you're a knitter. You know, they want to see cables. They want to see something that's like confusingly difficult to them <laughs> well, I always wear this cardi and then when people oh, you know I say yeah. people are like what do you do and I tell them and then they're like there's that second pause and they're like did you knit that and I'm like yes and yeah. <laughs> I always say like this is my CV this is how legitimate <laughs> I am as a knitter you know exactly yeah so uh yeah, yeah. so that's that I guess good question Um so yeah. thanks so much to uh, Best of More Skills uh for telling well, for giving us the idea for this top three uh, it's been a journey yeah well wow. And that's the end of our festive episode. That's the end of our 2016 podcasts. It is indeed. Wow. So we'll see you guys on the other side in 2017. We hope that you all have wonderful uh, nitmus. Relaxing times with friends, family, with wool. Yeah, maybe with uh, a mulled beverage of some description. Yeah. Thanks for for listening Mm -hmm. for a lot of episodes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And thanks for being supportive of all of the pom-pom things that we do more to come you 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 wait you wait and see what 2017 is going to bring you in the pom world oh boy is it going going to be really exciting (laughs) okay well merry Nitmus. merry Nitmus! Pomcast is produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott, with lots of help from Eli Block, who created the original music for this show. For more Eli-related music, you can go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Thanks, as always, to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Coarsely, and thanks also to the lovely Amy and lovely Gail. Thanks to our interviewees Julia Farwell Clay and Helga Isiger. and of course a big thank you to all you Pom Pom buyers, subscribers, and listeners. You can buy your copy of the magazine and subscribe too at our online shop, which is www.pompommag.com forward slash shop. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. And why not leave a review? Send any feedback or ideas to podcast at pompommag.com. And don't forget to keep in touch with us via the podcast group on the Pompom Ravelry Forum.